What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Styles Files. I am your host, Alan Styles, and as always, thank you for tuning in. It's been a while since my last show. I think that was sometime in April, and a lot has happened since then. Uh, to put it, NFL, we're just waiting. NBA, we'll get into a little bit later what they have going on, how I feel about some of the players thinking that this might not be the time to play and some players thinking that it's the perfect time to play. And we're going to get into, obviously, why they're talking about that, the aftermath of George Floyd's murder. You know, part of the reason I haven't been as active on the South Files is because I'm doing two other podcasts right now. I'm doing a podcast for college baseball, which, you know, has been rolling along. Like I talked about before, the season got canceled. So me and my co-host had to become uh, a little strategic in how we went about this season. I think it still went well. Please listen to it. Believe in college baseball with myself and Orlando Razo. And also, as I spoke about before, the 95-7 The Game Dream Job competition is still stalled due to the pandemic on top of everything else going on there's still a pandemic and we've been doing a podcast for that as well as we kind of wait this thing out so if anybody has listened to my takes about George Floyd's murder and the aftermath there what I want to talk about on this podcast since it is mine and mine alone I want to get more into just what a black person goes through. And when I tell the stories that I'm going to tell, it is not to make it seem like I'm the only one who's gone through these things. It's quite the opposite to let you know that if I went through this, then I could only imagine what other black people have gone through. So I would say there might be some overlap between what I've talked about on the other two podcasts, but I don't think there's going to be very much. You know, I think at this point, um, the initial dust has settled a bit. Your timelines are going back to normal a little bit. And the idea that, you know, if I have to try to explain on this show why Black Lives Matters doesn't say anything negative about other lives and, you know, why it shouldn't be a problem. I really just don't have time for that. That's not what this show is about that that's for 101 we're going to call this advanced we're going to get into the you know the psychology of racism and and just biases in general you know um to start i was talking to a buddy of mine and the good thing is i have had a lot of people reach out you know um i've been very open on this show from from the jump i'm from concord california a nice city suburb in the Bay Area, in the East Bay, and I went to private school from first grade through high school. Love, you know, love the schools that I've went to, great education, things like that, but I obviously was outnumbered. I was usually the only black kid, uh, well, I was the only black kid growing up, you know, going through first grade through eighth grade, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in my class at least. And then in high school, there were a couple more, but, you know, what people don't understand is that all black people aren't the same. 
And growing up was tough because when you grow up around majority white people and in the suburbs, when you hang out with black people that are from black neighborhoods, there's a difference, right? It's it's very it's just like anything else. If you met a white person from Denmark and you've never been to Denmark before, sure you look the same, but you haven't had the same experiences. Um you have some of them and that's what I'm going to get into as well, but not all of them. So, it was tough for me growing up trying to figure out what my voice would be. Um and that's why a lot of people when Kanye first came out, really did like Kanye. I was one of those people because before that, you know, I'm walking around in Concord, California, wearing size 38 jeans and all this ridiculous stuff because that was not only what other non-black people thought black people were supposed to be. That's also what I thought I was supposed to be because here I am growing up around white people, but I'm obvious not white. But then when I got around black people, we didn't have, or certain black people, I should say, we didn't have that much in common either. So on top of all of that, you're trying to figure out who you are as a person. And I go to this to say that all of that goes out the window when you're with the cops or when you get pulled over or anything, right? The cops don't care if your pants are sag, saggy, the cops don't care if you speak well, the cops don't care if you have a button down, you are still a black man. So to go through everything that I went through as a kid, um, and then at the end of the day, just be reminded, hey, you know, you're just black. <laughs> you, you are really just a black man in America. And I think that the reason I said this is not a 101 class, because I think the 101 class is... There's still racism out there. Um, you know, we need to be better. Police reform. All those things that you keep hearing, we get all that. I want to get into now the fact of let's use this opportunity to really become one people. Because when I've gotten detained by police before, they didn't care that I grew up in the suburbs. They didn't care that... You know, I've never had a pair of Jordans before. You are still black, you know. So I think this is an opportunity, along with everything else, to finally come together as one and stop, you know, stop saying, oh, you speak white, right? Because what happens is you as a black person are saying that to another black person. You might not think that's a negative, right? But those Things can happen in front of a white person. So now a white person is saying, oh, okay, so they think differently of this black person because he doesn't talk like them. And and it's it's almost like, and I hate to, this comparison is probably a little funny, but it's almost like uh, the knowledge, right? Because the, the knowledge level is probably close to a child, just in that they don't know. So they're picking up a child is a sponge. They're picking up everything from you because they're trying to learn or they're just learning just because. So I would say that, you know, non people of color can be very impressionable because they're looking 
whether they're looking to try to learn or not, they're still taking in all that information. It's interesting when you are hanging out with another race or something like that. So you can't help but take in that information. And then next thing you know, they're saying, you know, Alan's at a party and now Alan gets told, you know, you're the whitest guy, you're the whitest black guy I've, I ever known. And I'm hearing that from a white guy. So these are the types of things that will resonate with a lot of kids. And I know that, um, you know, we are all one. And I just want that to be known. I want us to all be on the same page because at the end of the day, like I said, when you get pulled over, it doesn't matter where you graduated from. It doesn't matter any of that unless, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, I was pretty upset with Shaq because he said, Something, something to the effect of, and I don't know if he's walked it back. I know he spoke with Drew Brees and the Saints, so I, I don't know where Shaq is. A lot of these celebrities, we don't even know where their realm of reality begins anymore. But Shaq said, you know, I don't have any problems uh, getting pulled over uh, or anything like that because I just listen to what the cops say. Well, Shaq, you're also 7'2 and Shaquille O'Neal. So I don't think we should put you in the same category as some of these other black men that are being pulled over. That's just that's just a thought. That's just a thought. Um, but yeah, you know, when it comes to white people trying to be an ally, I would say this. Early on, and I, like I said, I've had people reach out to me that I don't even, I've never even spoken to before. And it's been great. I've had a lot of constructive conversations. But the information side of it is fine, okay? If you just want that perspective. But don't go to your black friend asking, what can I do? Because you might think that sounds good, like, hey, I'm showing them that I want to help, da 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 You know what would show us even more? If you just went ahead and did what you do for anything else when you don't know what to do, a quick Google search would probably help you a bunch. And now instead of going to your black friend asking, now you're saying, hey, I care about your cause. I looked up these things and this is what I'm going to start donating to. This is the petitions that I have going around. That makes us feel better than having to walk you through a process that isn't that difficult. And now we feel like, is this, and we've been hearing this word a lot lately, performative, you know? Um, what, what movie should I watch? Netflix got a whole selection right now you can watch anything if you if you want to watch something hardcore you know they got 13th on there when they see us on there and if you just want to want to support you know black actors they got all american all american is just a your basic high school football show but it's got you know a little more tones of race in it because um you know, it takes place in downtown L.A. The The protagonist is black and it's based on a true story. So there's a lot of ways to support. At this point, you know, where we are in this thing, we are past. Do not ask us. Do not ask us. You've seen it all over. There's every every other day. There's a viral tweet of what you can do. Breonna Taylor's murderers are still free. The, the, all this all these types of things you can go out and you can find yourself. So. At the beginning, we get it. You want to reach out for information, that's fine. But trying to get your hand held through this is coming off 
as uh, not genuine and just I'm going to say something and then we might not even think you're following through. So I had to get that off my chest as well. Now I want to talk about, um, and I, I rambled a little bit at the beginning, I'm a little rusty and there's a lot going on in my brain, but I want to walk through a couple of situations that have happened with me, not necessarily with the cops, just to let people know that uh, racism is not gone. And as basic as that might seem to say to the masses right now, I do think that it needs to be known. You know, it needs to be known. And the fact of the matter is when you give these stories, I've had people, I've put stories on my Instagram story and I've had people reach out and say, you know, hey, please keep telling these stories because it really does put everything in perspective, especially like I said, I'm the only black friend you knew. And in some cases, I'm the whitest black guy you knew or know. So if I have these situations, how do you think the the quote unquote black black people feel? Okay? That grew up in the hood. So we're not that removed from anything. Nobody is. And the idea that you you feel separate, that's not an excuse anymore. There's been a protest in almost if, if definitely every state, it feels like every dang city. So there's no excuses. Um I'll take you through the first thing that happened to me. This was in high school. There were direct and indirect things. There was a situation where, and you know, I love my parents, but there was also a level of, we're in a good situation. What, you know, what are you going to do? Especially playing baseball, right? Um, in, I've had one black teacher. I think he lasted one year and this was in fifth grade and for some reason, they just didn't like his teaching. Had all had all the credentials that you would need. He was funny. He was outgoing. For some reason, he didn't last. I, I don't think I'd have to check with my sister. I don't think he lasted more than one year. And they got him out of here. Found, found a reason. I, I don't know. The parents found a reason. They got him out of here. Private school. I've had one head coach, head, black head coach for baseball, freshman year of high school. I think he lasted one year. I don't really like how he teaches. I don't really like how he coaches. They don't question some of the other coaches. I'll put it to you like this. That coach at least got drafted. I don't want to lie, but there's a good chance. I think he might've got a cup of coffee in the MLB or in very close, right? The JV coach, I don't even know if the last time he played baseball, but he still has a job. And the guy that at least got drafted, possibly played Major League Baseball, couldn't last one year. It's weird. It's weird. You know, was he the best coach ever? I don't know. I was a freshman. Get it? Freshman. Didn't make it one year. Didn't make it one year. Couldn't, couldn't. Talk it over with him. Didn't make it one year. But the JV coach, we don't know when the last time he played baseball. He knows a guy. He knows a guy. I guess. I guess. You know, that same high school. They said for Black History Month one year, hey, everybody can wear red, green, or black, you know, honor Black History. 
there were a group of kids, white kids, that decided we're going to wear white. And they all wore white T-shirts um, on that day. And there was a rally, too. So they were pretty bold. They were pretty bold. Uh, they claimed they just wanted the freedom to wear whatever they wanted. Doesn't that sound a lot like All Lives Matter? On this day, wear these colors. But all colors matter. So I'm going to wear white purposely on this day. I saw trending on Twitter, uh, you know, all yesterday. It was somebody's birthday. You can Google it um, if you want. So Twitter flipped it on him and said all birthdays mattered and said, I'm choosing to celebrate Barack Obama's birthday today. It was funny, man. It was funny. And that's what we've as a people have always done. You know, we've talked about it before going back to the N word. I don't say the N word, but you as a non black person don't have a right to say when a black person should or shouldn't be able to say it. Same idea. We're strong. We got to flip these things, you know. Um, so in high school, an, another time in high school, these are things that you don't even re- you don't even remember half the time, you know, on a bus coming back from a game. I think it was freshman year. So, so, get, so let's let's think about the dynamic here. We have a black coach, right? Me. I think at the time I was the only black player. Maybe there was one more because a lot of kids play freshman year. We're headed back from a game and a another student player, teammate, is on the bus and he says something to me. I really couldn't remember the joke word for word or quote for quote, but it was basically something, something to the effect of, Alan, all your... Family members are hanging from your family tree. That's what he said to me. We're 14, 15 years old. On the bus, two seats in front of him is our black head coach. Um, to be honest, how the story went, I actually didn't say anything. Because if you talk to a lot of African Americans that play baseball, I'm sure we have all had the same situation. I can get... All of them on the phone, and I'm sure um, they would have the same type of memories. But I didn't say anything. You know, what am I going to say? What am I going to fight them, get kicked off the team? That's what it turns into. So basically, I get called into the dean's office a couple days later. I walk in, and and he's in there as well, the person who said these things. I, I don't know what happened, but apparently another teammate overheard the same thing and did the right thing and said, Hey, this isn't right. Alan shouldn't have to be subjected to racist jokes like this. Told the Dean, uh, the teammate who made those remarks was a friend of the Dean. I don't even think he got suspended, but basically, and because of that, basically word got around. And this was the coolest thing ever because as a freshman, you know, you're a nobody. And it's funny, you know, you see these guys senior year and you just think they're huge. I didn't really happen to hit my growth spurt. So they still basically look the same size to me now, but I just have more facial hair. Um, but basically, you know, a couple of the because for those who don't know where I went to school, huge on 
football, right? Football, sports in general, but football is God. So they know that they have a certain amount of leverage. So it was a lot of the basketball guys, a couple of the football guys, all black, they come up to me. They say, hey, what's the deal? Like what went down? You know, uh, I told them basically uh, the situation. They found the guy. They found the guy and just just gave him a hard time, right? This is in the middle of a cafeteria. We're at a private school. There's nothing crazy, but um, they gave him a little scare. The deans broke it up, and that was that. That was that. You know, I felt like they had fought for my honor harder than the deans had, harder than the dean had, or the assistant dean, whatever. But they were boys. They were boys, so it was all good, you know? Um Going back to baseball, this was at the junior college I went to, and this one really hurt. This one really hurt. Basically, you know, I am 20, 2021, because I was a redshirt sophomore, and I'm hitting above 400. I am by far the best player on the team, and I feel... Like I have a certain amount of power, if you will, you know, as much power as you can have at a junior college. Um, one of the coaches, new coach to the program, wasn't even there last year. Uh, I, to be honest, you know, you get a lot of these situations where coaches will just help, especially in junior college, coaches will help for a year and they'll move on. Uh, it's not like they're coming in. Not all of them are coming in with a bunch of cachet or things like that. They just want to help out. This coach comes in, I think he was helping the pitching staff or something. So he had nothing really to do with the game, per se. We're in the middle of a game, and we have a black umpire. Now, for me, I probably count on one hand the amount of black umpires that I've had. Maybe two, in counting counting summer ball. So I, 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 can't rem- I know it was a close game, because most of our games were close that year. And... The umpire makes a call. I couldn't I can't remember if it was a pitching call or, you know, uh, out at home, something like that. I think our pitcher was getting squeezed or something like that. So I guess the new assistant coach, who I don't even know if he was getting a paycheck from the school, uh, just like a volunteer guy, is a little fed up. You know, we're all fed up, but he decides to grab he hands him a ball, right? Because that, that's where he is. He's handing, that's where he is on the pedestal. He hands the new balls to uh, the umpire. And as he's walking back to the dugout, and I'm, I believe I'm the only black kid on the team. If, if not, there's only, there's only one more. I think I was the only one. As he's walking back to the dugout, he says it under his breath so the umpire can't hear, but pretty much everybody in the dugout can hear. And he says, we'd be winning if we weren't getting squeezed by this nigger umpire. That was in 2011. 2011. We'd be winning if we weren't getting squeezed by this nigger umpire. I heard him. I heard him clear as day. You know? What do I do? I'm finally, if anybody knows my story, I'm finally this close to getting a baseball scholarship. You know, 
where I was was crazy. I lived, my, my parents' house was over an hour away. I couldn't afford to pay for an apartment. I still had student loans from Sonoma State. I'm sleeping on couches, slept in my car a couple times. I'm this close. Do I let it go? Or do I stand up for what's right? So I decide to take the approach of, okay, let me say something and try to make it not a big deal, not a not a thing, right? Even though I am way more valuable to this team than that guy ever could be. So the next practice, I walk over, again, being casual, because, you know, the way he said it, he's clearly said it before, so he probably wasn't even thinking about it. Maybe when I start to approach him, because I never had anything to say to him. Anyway, he's a pitcher's guy. Maybe after that, um... He might have thought something was up, but I come over to him and I say, hey, man, um, you know, I just wanted to chat to you about what what was said yesterday or at the last game. You know, I just don't think that's really cool, man, to, to, to speak like that and, you know, throwing the N word around like it's your J.O.B. You know, that's just not a good look. Right. So I tried to make it a little lighter. Really thinking, wow, this guy is going to say, okay, the star of the team just came and, and and told me this. Let me go ahead and humble myself and at least fake an apology. At least fake it. At least fake it. He has shades on, so I don't even know if he's making eye contact with me. Nods his head as he's sitting down on the bench and just says, yep, got it. And walks away. No remorse. Which, I, like I said, I've always said this before. Look, you can say what you want about down south, but at least you know where you stand with them. In California, it can be a little buddy-buddy, this, that, and the third. California has a lot of rural places, you know, so it's not as blue as everybody thinks. But he let me know right there, I don't really care what you think. I don't care how how well you're doing. You know, I'm confident enough that this is not going to affect my job. And, I, and the way he said it sounded like, I'll do it again. I'll just try to make sure you're not around if I do. That's what it sounded like. Things like that happen all the time. They say six degrees of separation. Do you not think any of these situations that I've been in, do you not think any of these people have a cousin or a brother or a friend that's also a cop. It would be impossible if there wasn't or if there weren't. They have to. You know, these things run deep. I've talked about it before, going back to police psychology. Let's say a police or a future policeman in high school loved. A girl with all of his heart, all of his heart, right? Because in high school, that love is, it's lasting forever, right? That's what we all think. Let's say who he thinks is going to be his future wife. Let's say it just doesn't work out. And she ends up with a black guy. Let's say she leaves him for a black guy. 
some, probably most people, a lot of people, they would just get over it. It's high school. But not everyone. And now you give that person a gun and a badge. And probably deep down in their mind, every time they see a black person, what do they see? The guy that took his future wife. There's probably so many micro situations of this. And I understand that you can't, no one is going to be 100% unbiased, but we just have to do a better job. These biases, these prejudices, they run deep, okay? What's scary is that I don't know that my assistant coach would consider himself a racist. Even though he says the N-word without the hard R N-word, he ain't singing a J. Cole song or a Kendrick Lamar song without even wincing or batting an eye. These are the systemic things that have to change within. I was telling a story again. We were talking, I was talking to a buddy about Bart, right? And the difference is if you see me wearing baggy pants, whatever, and you see a white person wearing baggy pants, whatever, if you have an office job, then, and you think that I I am scarier or more of a threat than the white guy, and you have an office job, that's okay. It's not okay, but hey, we can try to work on that. You know, we can try to change your thought process, but you're going to work your office job, okay? You can't have that same thought process if you're a cop. If you are given a gun and a badge and power beyond belief, beyond control, you have to be able to look at two people from two different backgrounds and give them both the same benefit of the doubt. And right now, that is not what's happening. People have been saying the only the only reason, this is what I thought, sure, the quarantine helped a lot, but the reason the George Floyd case took off is because there were no little cracks for people to jump through. Well, he resisted here or, well, what were they doing there? Or, well, maybe they did steal something. There was none of that. But regardless of it, it doesn't matter. You have countless videos of non-people of color attacking police, berating police, threatening police, coming towards police when they're already in trouble and they walk out unscathed. That's the problem. So it's not about, it's not always about, well, uh, they kill more white people than black people. Well, guess what? Last time I checked, there's, black people are only 13, 14% of the population. The rates, don't be so blind to not look past the numbers. What do I always say? Numbers never lie, but they don't always tell the truth, the whole truth. Don't fall into that, man. I'm leading a race relations talk at my job this week. Um, I hope it goes well. I think that 
you know, the way I'm setting it up, it's there are going to be some anonymous questions that I'll be able to vet through uh, the other black people at my company. And some are going to be live. And I just want to give them the same perspective that I've been trying to give to everyone that I've been speaking to. You know, I've lost followers on Instagram, my personal Instagram, not Styles Files, because Styles Files, you know, I haven't really been posting that much anyway. But I've been blowing it up on my personal. You know why? Because I might be the only black person that's not a celebrity that some people that I know follow. So I don't I can't afford to let them think that this is over. Okay? Blackout Tuesday was what, two weeks ago or something like that? That's nothing. That's just the beginning. These things run deep, man. So I don't even want to get into the looting because we just, we still don't even know who the heck is behind it. But if you take all that rage, what I just said, I told you a couple stories. I didn't even tell you all of them. And I grew up in a nice neighborhood. What do you think other people have been through? So in a rage, if they happen to bust up a target and it made them feel a little better, well, we never got reparations, so sure. I'm not condoning it, but those, I saw, I saw something on Facebook. It said, why are we living in this world where you have to either agree with the looting or agree with the shooting? Looting is bad and it's a crime and shooting people, unarmed, innocent people is bad. That's a crime as well. This isn't even, people. This is not a one-to-one -one thing, this ratio. Okay? I talked about it. I apologize to anyone who heard my, my other podcast. But I talked about it on, I think, both of them. The, the sign that I saw on Twitter where it said, Justice for blank. They left the name blank. And then underneath, they put in parentheses, I'm just going to leave this blank because we'll probably need it next year. According to the tweet... That was originally posted six years ago. And honestly, they probably would have needed a new sign six years from six years ago to now. So this idea that, yeah, yeah, someone got shot, but you guys don't have to do all that. You're not seeing the big picture. Now, like I said, some of this stuff is ridiculous. You don't need to be invading people's homes, okay? In a perfect world, the small businesses would be left alone. In a perfect world, in a perfect world, y'all wouldn't have been freaking out when Cap kneeled down. And we never would have got here, possibly. But we're here now. So don't tell people how to protest when you've never needed to protest anything in your life. I said it on a couple of the other podcasts. That's like trying to show Michael Jordan how to shoot a jump shot and you never shot a basketball in your life. It's ridiculous. A lot to get to. A lot to get to. A lot to get to, clearly. Um, you know, but I just had... I just had to, to get that off my chest, you know. I think that I had some personal... I wanted to take it to the more personal realm because... Everybody has their own story. And when you have a podcast, however small the platform may be, it is a platform. And I feel that that was my 
job or it is my job to share my story um, in no way trying to claim that everybody else should identify with it. And, and that's the last thing I'll say on this. The the Hodge twins, the Candace Owens of the world, these conservative black people that are running around saying, I, you know, we're even, stop talking about slavery. Uh, I've never experienced racism, da, 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 da. You can vote for whoever you want. You can be as conservative as you want. I get it. They have a platform. People want to listen to them. They're compelling. You know, they're funny. The Taj twins are comedians. You know, they're funny. You can do all that. But to sit there and try to speak for other people and say, black people, stop doing this, stop doing that, because I've never experienced something. Not only is that ridiculous, it's also reckless. Because... When you go to their comments, you'll notice majority of the comments are from white people. So your own people not feeling what you're saying. But those white people that are choosing to say, hey, look at the Hodge twins. Look at Candace Owens. If they believe that and they're black, I'm going to run with that. So everything that everybody else is saying that kind of makes me feel bad, I'm just going to ignore it. That's the thing. It's very similar. You know what? That's a joke about the Catholic Church or like Christianity. Oh, it's it's not a buffet line. That one always resonated with me whenever a priest would say that. It's not a buffet line. You can't just take it. Take some of what you want. Like, ooh, um, cussing. I won't take any of that. Um, you know, but premarital sex. I'll take some of that. Uh, this, that, and the third. You can't just take things and morph them into, or you're not supposed to at least, right? You can't just take what you're hearing that agrees with your narrative or what you believe to be your narrative and run with that. And I say that on both sides, you know, um, the people running around talking about black on black crime. It would be idiotic to say that black on black crime is not important. Do we need, why does it get brought up when we're talking about people that's supposed to protect you, killing you? Why does it come up now? We're not talking, we, we can deal with the gang violence later, but the problem is to deal with gang violence, you have to admit that there is systemic racism. And because all of these kids are growing up in the hood with bad schools, no money. So unless you grow up, all those stories you see of these NFL players, NBA players, they got a God-given gift. They worked at it, but you can't work to be 6'4", 6'5", athletic not everyone gets that chance imagine the five eight five nine guy just like me with decent athleticism that grew up in the hood and is not turning heads and is not the smartest in the world and is looking around at their options like well we could eat today if i just sold this one bag of drugs it's just one think about those people it's not about the people that have those God-given opportunities all the time. It's about, every, because that's a small percentage. We know the percentages. We know the percentages to make it to any pro sport are very small. So you have to keep everybody in mind. 
I hope this is resonating for people. You know, I guess for me, if anything, it's nice to get some stuff off my chest. So thank you for listening, wherever you may be listening, however you may be listening. Um, I think that might be it as far as what I wanted to say from a personal standpoint. Like I said, I really wasn't here to get into the basics. We're past the basics. You know, I wanted to take it that next step. And like I've told people this whole time, if you feel like speaking and having a conversation, I am more than willing to do that. But don't hit me up and say, what should I what should I watch to understand what black people are going through? Because it's all in front of your face right now, literally. More so than Black History Month. It's not the same as Black History Month with your you know, McDonald's with your Happy Meal. Uh, you get a factoid on the back of, you know, your your McDouble and it's a picture of Martin Luther King giving the I have a dream speech. We're we're really in it and people are really starting to see. So don't give me that. Um I wanted to get into take it back to the kind of the sports realm a little bit. Right now, certain players in the NBA like Kyrie Irving, they believe that they shouldn't play right now or they're thinking about the optics of playing right now where it's basically a bunch of majority black people going to a secluded place to play for the public's enjoyment. And the public, obviously, like I said, black people are only 14, 13% of the population. The public is majority white. So I get it, but this is also a job. And if anything, you know all eyes are on you. So if I'm the commissioner, I'm saying, look, This is your platform. If we're asking you to be there, you know, they already let them wear the I can't breathe shirts a couple years ago from another police murder. You can do whatever you want, pretty much. If you're, you know, if I'm the commissioner, you can wear what you want. You can promote whatever you want. That's that's all you. The ball is completely in your court. No pun intended. That's what I would say. Maybe he's already said that. Um you know, LeBron has already said he doesn't think it would be a distraction. Uh, I believe Lou Williams says he thinks it would be a couple. I think Shaq or sorry, Charles Barkley has been saying some things as well. So it's all over the place. If you were asking me what I think they should do or what feels right, I think that it is a, a, a form of power. Sure, there's a bunch of people watching you, but we all know that you are basically superior humans to us <laughs> and you know you 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 can do something that majority of the world cannot do so i don't think it's the same as you know going to an island and you know they just pick, randomly picked 20 or i don't know how many people are in the league 100 black people to you know fight right like do like a fighting a fighting tournament or something ridiculous like that. We understand that you guys are the most skilled at your profession. Um, So you hold that level of respect. It's the same reason we care about when these athletes speak out. These athletes are politicians, right? But we care because to be able to 
do something so well, you just get a pass as far as respect. You know, uh, LeBron. We care what LeBron thinks, not because LeBron is a politician, because he's the best at what he does. So we just care. We just care. So that's what I would say. I would say um, Adam Silver needs to get in there, say, hey, this can be your platform, and it would be the biggest platform, right? Right now, every day, and this isn't to talk down on what's going on on social media, but every day it's arrest these people, justice for this. And it has been working, but we have seen, to go back to the the protesting and the looting, this is, that's moved the needle a bit as well. Those guys were not arrested because of tweets. I'll put it to you like that. So if Kyrie is saying he's going to be out in these streets and if he's playing basketball, he's not going to be able to do that. I guess, but imagine like Nike is probably salivating right now as to the type of commercials that will be run during those games that can be created. All these types of things while the world is watching, it will be basically you have the world in a chokehold because you're the only sport. So even the most racist people want to watch the sport or want to watch a sport and you got to make them sit through these Black Lives Matter commercials that they can't stand. Or, and then you have the, you know, maybe not the racist, but it's kind of like, okay, we get it. And they literally have to sit there and be subjected to it the whole time the game is on. Everywhere you look, there's Black Lives Matters everywhere. I would say that is what I want the experience to be. If I'm one of those people like Kyrie Irving that feel like this could, this could look bad from an optic standpoint. That's what I would do. I would say it needs to go everywhere. Everywhere. You know? Um, because they have the leverage right now. But I don't think necessarily not playing is... You have to give you have to give a reason, I think, um, what it's really going to hurt you from doing. Because now everything is under scrutiny. Every time, if you say no, let's say the NBA doesn't play... Every time you post on social media, if you aren't out there protesting or if, if it's not about the cause during that duration of time where the season was playing, everybody and not really too unfairly would be like, hey, buddy, you're posting videos on a boat having a great time. Uh, but you said you didn't want to play basketball because of the optics. So I don't I think I don't think everybody's that stupid. I think there are a couple people. Um so you have to keep that in mind as well. If I'm if I'm Kyrie, I would definitely keep that in mind as well. Whew. That was a lot. That was a lot that I had to get out. Um my please stop this week. It's very simple. Please stop only looking for things that fit your narrative. Please stop assuming that one person of any race really speaks for a whole race. And please stop asking for things that you can figure out yourself if you really want it. Because like I said before, it doesn't make you sound like you're 
you're trying to help but you're interested, it makes you sound like you want to sound like you're interested and you're trying to help. There's enough information everywhere. If you want to make your black friends happy or black friend happy, reach out to them and say, hey, I found this. Have you heard of this? Because maybe they haven't because we're getting thrown so many things right now. It's hard to keep up. But I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, I'm very excited to be back speaking. I'm going to, you know, there's things rolling now as far as, you know, basketball will be back soon. And just the, just life is seeming to be returning. Um, You know, everybody that's curious, Shas is doing well. She was starting to lose weight, but quarantine kind of got her, you know, kind of got her. But we're going to get her back on track. Uh, We haven't been able to find the diet food, so we're just trying to get her to run around. The boyfriend hasn't been coming around that much. You know, she needs to focus on her, her schooling and her education, so that's good. Um, but yeah, thank you everybody for listening. And as always, until next time, this is the Styles Files. Follow me on my personal account if you want to talk personal about what's going on at, I never usually say this out loud, A Styles, that's Styles with a Z and I with an I as always. And my Styles Files account at the underscore Styles Files, Styles with an I. And that is also my Twitter handle. Until next time. Be safe, be well, be wise. Peace.